This is Mo and McGee on Fantasy. Week one is here. Mo and McGee on Fantasy. You heard us in the recap. Now it's time to dig into the nitty gritty, the strategy themed episode, Kevin. Uh, what are we doing here? Who are we talking about? What are the remind the people of the of the uh, the segments? Yeah, so we have the buy and sell segment, and then uh, personally my favorite, the war room. A um, little bit shorter strategy theme because we're early in the season, less little uh, tricks that you can pull um, so far away from the trade deadline and that sort of thing, but um, still some very valuable information for you guys. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be short. We're, we don't we don't have many topics. We have one big one because it it, it is important week one to. Uh, Hit the waiver wire, folks. But before we hit the waiver wire, we're going to talk about potential trades, Kevin. Um, Week one can be a time where you can take advantage of the trade block. You can take advantage of people panicking after week one drops, week one, um, you know, not the performances they were expecting. Overreactions in general, yes, absolutely. General overreactions. Let's talk about the source guy who... I didn't think it was going to be like this, Kevin. I thought ground and pound Philly was not going to support this guy, A.J. Brown, though. Wow. That was impressive. Yeah. They threw a lot. A lot. He had 13 targets, turned that into 10 catches for 155 yards. Didn't score a touchdown, but still put up 25.5 fantasy points in PPR. Um, That's a hell of a start of the season. I'm with you. I didn't see this. I didn't see him being um, the elite wide receiver one that he proved himself to be in week one. For that reason, I think I would sell. I would sell super Whoa. high. Um, I, I think you're going to see some ups and downs. Devonta Smith is not going to put up many zeros um, this season. He did in week one. Yes, A.J. Brown will find the end zone. Yes, he will score more than 25.5 in some weeks. But this is an opportunity where you can potentially package A.J. Brown with somebody else, pick up Diggs, pick up um, another lock, locked-in wide receiver, one that I feel much safer about, um, and, and you know, offload some of that risk um, on an offense that could be a little bit turbulent with all the different options going around. You know, Kevin, I know our question segment is later, but this little trade just popped into my mind because the Browns are playing the Vikings. And we uh, in our first episode, we ended the the episode talking about Michael Carter. You said that he was a potentially sell option for you. What, what do you think if someone offered A.J. Brown and Michael Carter Jr.? Do you think they could pry Justin Jefferson away from somebody? Um, I think that would be a hell of a trade if you could pull it off. Um, Justin Jefferson had an unbelievable week in his own right. And I think you have people with uh, big dollar signs in their eyes um, with JJ. It's going to be a tough swing, but if you can do it, absolutely hammer that all day. But but maybe that's, it doesn't have to necessarily be JJ, but that's the kind of thing that I think you were talking about is AJ Brown goes out there, has 25 points, looks like a he's going to be a target monster, yard monster. Capitalize on that and go after someone like, like you said, Diggs, JJ, Cooper Cup. You know, 
if someone is very desperate for running backs, package a running back that you don't necessarily need an A.J. Brown and upgrade that position for a weekly top five finisher instead of maybe, like you said, he's going to be in the top five every now and then, but 13 targets, probably not going to happen every week. Yeah, there's probably 15 or so wide receivers that I would rank ahead of A.J. Brown. Um, and if you can get one of those guys, I, I, I would all day. Absolutely. All right, let's go to the next one. Cam Akers, woof, fell flat on his face. Are you buying or selling, though? I want to buy Cam Akers, but at the absolute lowest cost possible. I'm looking for somebody that's panicking, like borderline. Do I drop Cam Akers? You know, most of you know the people that you're playing with in your league. And you know the people that are probably panicking to a Cam Akers zero. Use that to your advantage. Send out a reasonable, but also at priced at the absolute floor offer for Cam Akers. This is a team, this is a Rams team that last year in the playoffs, when when it was all on the line, they wanted to trot him out there and play him. You can't convince me that that much changed over the offseason where they just all of a sudden moved completely out of the Cam Akers boat. Um, keep in mind, he was uh, experiencing some other soft tissue injuries earlier um, in the preseason. Um, this might have been more of a ease Cam Akers in. Let's not bust him up when we need him for the whole season. I would buy him at his floor. And what, what Sean McVay said after the game was encouraging enough. He said, you know, Cam Akers has to earn the opportunities. It sounded more like um, a coach trying to light a fire under somebody than necessarily someone like, oh, Jake Funk needs to earn his opportunities. It was more of like, he's a talented player. He just needs to, you know, grind a little harder or something. We want him to be out there. We want him to earn those. We, Instead of he, he should earn them, we want him to earn, which is there's a big difference, even though, you know, it might not sound like it. There's a difference between, like you said, I think at the end of the day, they want Cam Akers to lead the backfield. But like you said, low price, don't don't sell someone that you're going to use for him. Try to try to offload a couple people that had nice week ones and might fade, uh, you know, during the season. Yeah, Cam Akers looks like a perfect candidate for a wide receiver for running back swap. Um, you have a wide receiver that put up good numbers in week one. Um, maybe somebody else is kind of excited about him, um, and, and you can uh, get that scarce RB value uh, in Cam Akers at the price of a wide receiver, which are kind of a dime a, dime a dozen, um, especially at that um, 12 to 14 point production um projection yeah and i'll give you a couple wide receivers you know these might have just been late round scoops that you got lucky on but if you hit on like a curtis samuel hit on a robbie anderson robbie anderson looked like he had a great week but it was a 75 yard touchdown catch in the fourth quarter that uh inflated his week that's a guy where if you can trick somebody like you said, Cam Akers owner who might be desperate. Obviously, if they're if they're on top of their game, they're probably going to hold on to him and see what happens. But if it's a guy who's maybe, you know, the water cooler fantasy football guy, make him an offer. See, oh, Robbie Anderson had 20 points. You want him, don't you? 
offload Robbie Anderson, get yourself Cam Akers, who at some point this season I think will be an RB2. I completely agree. A guy who won't be an RB2 this season because he'll be an RB1, Saquon Barkley. Holy cow. Saquon Barkley of old, huge week. Are you buying or selling him, though? I was I was very, very wrong, Kevin. I was wrong. I was scared. You know me. I'm very risk-adverse, so I was staying away from Saquon. Um, but, yeah, he, that this was rookie year Saquon. He was in complete control in the run game. Six catches as well. Didn't really, you know, do anything, you know, explosive with them. But he's a guy that we saw. He can take any touch a long ways. Um, so I don't think you'd be able to get anyone to sell him. But uh, I'd be willing to buy him if there was. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I am, too. Um, I'm bookmarking this week one performance from Saquon and praying that that Carolina defense that bled so bad on the run somehow stops Saquon week two, and I can put in a nice juicy trade offer. Um, but and until you know he is coming off of a rough performance, it, it's probably a tough tough buy. Um, but I'm trying to buy, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know he has the makeup of a league winner because he was going late first, early second in some drafts. And if you get a top five, four, three running back, potentially the RB1 in late first, early second, you are set up for major success. Absolutely. Let's talk about another giant, Kadarius Toney. We both loved Kadarius Toney. I think both had a lot of exposure to him in our in our leagues and drafts, um, but not a great showing. Yeah, not a great showing. Um, only a 12% snap share, so wasn't even on the field. Um, I, I think it was 2.1 points, all off of rushing yards, I believe, um, for Kadarius Tony. Not not what you like to see. I am. I, I want to say that this is a buy low uh, situation, but I, I think I would I would sell. I, I think I would try to pitch to another owner that. He was a little banged up coming into the week, but it's, I mean, it's Kadarius Tony. You saw what he <laughs> did in stretches last season. Um, Kenny Galladay didn't do anything this week. It's going to be Tony once they're forced to throw a little bit. Um, and I, I'm hoping that somebody bites. I, I think this is now two different regimes that have um, failed to emphasize Kadarius Tony um, at the beginning of a season. And I, I, I Honestly, he probably does have a few solid weeks um, this year, but it's going to be those flash in the pans um, situations where it, it's a blow up and you never know when to play him. I want totally out of the situation if possible. Yeah, uh, they were running out Wandale and Richie James ahead of him. You mentioned the snap share. Um, I think the only reason he started playing more was Wandale left that game early. Um, and so you're right. Um probably out which stinks because he's an explosive athlete i think if he was given a full complement of snaps and targets he would be a great player however there must be some underlying situation where he's not practicing well he's malcontent or something i don't know but um i think he's probably things (laughs) yeah i think he's probably a safe drop and i think you're right he will sneak up on somebody he'll have a Four for one, 120 in a touchdown game, but 
you'll never know when to do it. Yeah, and that'll do it for buy and sell. Um, let's hunker down into the war room, into the bunker. Let's talk hard-hitting strategy with the week one waiver wire. Um, whether it be a waiver priority league or a fab league, what's your approach in week one um, this year, and how does that compare to other years? Yeah, I kind of mentioned it earlier. This this year does not seem to have – so last year after week one, everyone was spending using the number one claim on Elijah Mitchell. He was the guy. He was ended up being pretty nice. Uh, you know, he was out quite a bit. But there isn't that guy this week. There isn't, um, you know, that number one spend half your fab, spend, uh, you know, 35 40% of your fab. However, this is the week to go out and use it. You know, these people are going to, there's going to be guys out there, you know, I, I'm cautious to to expand on, on certain names because me and Kevin share a league that's very competitive. <laughs> um, and so I don't want him spending over me in fat. But um, I think what you need to do is you need to consolidate, pick two or three players, or pick one and spend. Get them on your team. Um, this is the time where we see we see where we went wrong in drafts, who we undervalued, who we potentially overvalued, so we can drop and replace. Don't be the person sitting spending zero fab in week one because it is going to come bite you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You see a lot of people um, realize that they have a two hundred dollar budget or whatever your budget is for your league. And they say, this has to last me the whole season. Um, but really, if you wait until week 10 or 11 to pick up a guy um, to spend $50 on uh, on somebody, you're only going to get that player for two or three weeks. If you pick up a player now, you have the opportunity to play him for the rest of the season. Um, hit a lottery ticket with you know, a, a guy that had a promise in week one and then absolutely blows up after that and is... Uh, than a, a weekly starter on your team versus trying to save that for, you know, late in the season. We played in the league last year where um, it was the first week or the first year using Thab, and there were people spending $20 on defenses at the end of the season, which is absolutely criminal. Should have been throwing out league bans at that point um, <laughs> for, for doing that. Um, spend your money in week one. That being said, I'm with you. There's no running back to go after, which is usually my strategy. You'll see a lot of people point to Jeff Wilson, and if you're in that camp, go do it, sure. Um, I might hold a little bit back and hope that, you know, week two is where we see a, a running back emergence and then uh, bet big there. Um, but the earlier you spend that money, the better. The earlier you burn your waiver priority, the better. Yeah, I mean, we saw um, there is some interesting guys out there. I mean, if you if you are a Rex Burkhead believer, you know, you had Damian Pierce. Um, Rex Burkhead goes out there, has 12 fantasy points. He's right now projected for a 12 again. Um, got some good run. You know, this is the week to go get Rex Burkhead. You don't want to be caught in a situation where the matchup you're playing picks him up for, you know, 
pennies on the dollar and you're sitting there with your thumb in your butt and <laughs> Rex Burkhead is scoring on you. Um, similar for, I think this is a big tight end week as far as, um, you know, fab spending can go. We saw the emergence, like you mentioned, Gerald Everett. Um, you know, Robert Tanyan played a full complement of snaps. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, if no one drafted him in your league. Tyler Higby had a nice game. Albert O. You know, these are some guys that were not drafted, but could potentially be helpful if you did draft a person like, I don't know, Dawson Knox, who had a horrendous game, or you went some other direction. Um, this would be a week to pounce. Like you said, you get Fryermuth now, if he's out there, or Higby, for 15 weeks. And he's not scoring on you. Yeah, and uh, another perk of doing this earlier in the season is there is still quite a bit of unknown. For example, last year, nobody thought that Cordero Patterson's um, season was going to continue at the rate it did after the first two weeks. But you know what? It Up until the last final weeks of the season, it absolutely did. And he was a must-play uh, for a lot of teams. Rexburg had fits a very similar bill. Um, Personally, I'm not a believer in Rex Burkhead, but I can guarantee you that I'm going to throw out a decent offer on him um, because those running backs are too and far between. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people that are thinking the same way, but not willing to uh, put any any money against it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, like you said, 14 carries for, for Rex Burkhead, five catches, certainly usable, serviceable. Another guy that, you know, I would... I'm going to spend, if you're wide receiver desperate, like he, I uh, mentioned earlier, if you happen to have drafted CeeDee Lamb in the second and then Chris Godwin in the third, um, where I'm in, unfortunately, you're going to need some wide receivers. So Zay Jones, uh, he looked like clearly the second fiddle in Jack- Jacksonville. Jacksonville looks improved. They had a nice week. Um you know, he had nine targets, Zay Jones, six catches, 65 yards. He's not popping in in the score sheet. If you're looking at like a Robbie Anderson or Devin Duvernay, he didn't pop like that. But the usage was much more encouraging uh, for me uh, for a guy like Zay Jones than Devin Duvernay, for example. Absolutely. Um, you know, let's talk the other way. So we just talked a lot about fab. What if you what what are you gonna do, Kevin, if you're maybe sitting third or fourth in a waiver priority league and you know that you're gonna have to wait out a couple? What's the strategy there? Are you just hammering everybody and then hoping a couple people fall, or are you gonna be more selective? Um, I'm I'm gonna be a, a, a little more selective. I actually probably am not putting in a waiver claim. Um, if I'm at three four priority, I'm gonna hold out and try to get that top running back. Um, if I don't see one by week two or three, I'm going to abandon that strategy and just get whoever I need. Um, but early in the season, I, I do want to snag a running back that has an opportunity to be a starter off of the waiver wire. And um, I'm willing to use my waiver claim position to do so. However, if you are willing to do it, now is the time to stay up until 3 a.m. or wake up at 3 a.m., let waivers roll and then scoop up your players. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can do it in the middle of the season, but week one, 
when there's so much unknown is the time to do it week two is the time to do it um and then every week after it's diminishing returns so if you're willing to do it you're willing to beat everybody to uh the leftovers i, I would advise uh using a couple of roster spots to fill in after waivers roll so you have do you have the alarm set for 245 this morning Kevin? oh the baby's gonna wake up i, I don't even need an alarm <laughs> all right yeah well there you go folks have a baby uh if you start trying now you might have one by next <laughs> next football season uh you can get one rolling um but yeah it's, i mean you, even you don't even have to do that like kevin mentioned earlier a lot of people know good friends with their league mates you know who has the construction job waking up at five in the morning so you just need to beat him um exactly. you know you know you know if you, if you wake up at seven and other people roll over, check Twitter, check Instagram, Snapchats. Why don't you roll over, check fantasy, be the first guy or be the second guy. Um, I think that's a great strategy. You do need to be very cautious. Are you in rolling waivers? Are you in waivers that reset after week one? Cause that might change your strategy. If you're in that three, four spot, um, you know, like we said, pick your three guys. You might not get your first guy, However, you might, it, you know, those other two guys might have been sleeping, um, you know, perfect time to put in for Rex Burkhead, put in for, um, you know, Zay Jones, put both of them in. You might get lucky, get your top guy or you fall back, get Zay Jones or hell, you might get both of them, Kevin. Yeah, put put in the claims and even even if you don't think you'll get them. Uh, one of my favorite stories is from a couple of years ago when Taysom Hill was tight end eligible. And I was like seventh or eighth in uh, waiver priority. And I, I was able to scoop him up um, against all odds. And that made Logan very happy. Yeah, because I was too good at the time. And so I had lower waiver priority. You suck. And so you got him. But yeah, I mean, like there's going to be people sleeping. Um, and so if you can be the guy that's on Tuesday nights um, up until, you know, put an hour in of work just looking at um, target shares, looking at routes, snaps, um, you know, you can take full advantage. Rolling waivers, I'm with you. Wait this one out maybe. Um, week two might be the, sit, the you know, the time to pop. Who knows? Tyrion Davis-Price. Maybe he's the guy. It's not Jeff Wilson. No one's going to pick him up this week. Snap on him when when you have a higher waiver priority if you're in that rolling system, or you know who knows maybe you don't want to you don't want to ever say this Kevin but some guy goes down big name Christian McCaffrey for example if it, you know, oh don't you, <laughs> nope you walk right to that door right now God damn it <laughs> oh you just the first I want an apology right mind. now <laughs> um or you know King Henry I, let's go with that Henry. then Kevin King Henry and then you're you're picking up Dontrell Hilliard and now you have um a, a stud who's going to pick up 100% of the work instead of blowing you know blowing your metaphorical load on Jeff Wilson Jr. And uh, blowing our my meta metaphorical load is um, exactly how I would uh, uh, summarize the strategy theme pod. Um, I think that's going to do it for this uh, episode. We will catch you back here um, for the week two primer. Any final words? No, I, 
apparently I'm setting my alarm for 250 to beat Kevin. At, you know, it's going to be a dogfight at 3 a.m., I guess. Oh, boy. <laughs> Get ready to bump elbows. All right, folks. We'll see you in the primer for this week. See you.